And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Poppin' Packs, a segment where I open an old pack of basketball cards with a person from the NBA world. Today's guest is New York Times best-selling author Shay Serrano. Shay talks about what it was like growing up under a Rocket Spurs rivalry, how Reggie Miller became his first favorite player of all time, and how Lafonso Ellis had one of the coolest blocks the NBA has ever seen. It's connecting, it's connecting. There he is. Yo. How are what you, up, Lee Ellis? How's it going? How's Australia? Uh, well, Australia's not too bad, actually. It's doing better than America right now, but uh, that's not really saying much. Everywhere's doing better <laughs> than America right now. How is uh, sunny San Antonio? Super sunny and terrible, but you right. know, we're right. getting there. Hey, I saw you were on a panel recently with uh, George Lopez. How did that go? <laughs> that went great. My, my family was very excited about that one. That's like the most family response I've ever gotten about a thing I was on. Is that everybody, right? Yeah, George Lopez in the like Mexican community, he's like our George Washington, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they were pumped. They were fucking pumped. I didn't even, I got messages from uncles who didn't even message me when like Obama shouted me out. Yeah. But this one, they were like fucking fired up. Hold on one second. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. I've got, I've got to ask you. I know. Uh, I know. Barack Obama's technically shouted you out twice, hasn't he? Because he, he recommended oh, yeah, yeah, other yeah. things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. Yeah, yeah. You're and right. Then he, and right. then he added you in a tweet. Was it cooler that he did it or the Rock did at that time? Which one? Uh, the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock was in Fast Five, so the Rock is going to win that. Right. Right. Contest. It right. goes the Rock. No, it goes uh, like all time order. Missy Elliott. When she tweeted at me, then The Rock, and then Obama. That's my. Right, that's, that's, that's the three. That's the top three. There's not many people. There's not many times Barack Obama would be third on someone's list of uh, people who tweeted him. But uh, but uh, but that's great. And listen, it's great today because I've got my uh, I've got my 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 Manu Ginobili jersey yeah. on. Yeah. Today's saw, the anniversary. Yeah, yeah. His very first game against the yeah. Lakers too. And uh, I mean, what a, what a guy! What a career he had! I mean, he, he's uh, you know well. He's probably my fourth favorite all time. I've got Jordan, Kim Olajuwon, Isaiah Thomas, and then Manu Ginobili. I mean, it's hard for him to crack he's, that. He's that high, that yeah. high up there. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, That's very, very, it's a very solid top four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of very solid, there's a, there's a huge day coming up on Tuesday. A uh, huge day, of course. It's going to impact not just America and the world. What are you, what are you feeling? What are you thinking is going to happen on, uh, on November 3 there? Oh, I think that Trump is going to lose, and then I think he's going to try and do some fucked up shit to not have lost. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So there's no, there's honestly no telling. No, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be crazy the next two months, no matter what happens. Uh, we just have to hope that some sort of uh, sensibility there prevails. Uh, early voting has opened, I guess, in Texas. Have you have you guys been out and voted yet? Yeah, yeah, Laramie and I went. We had to go like in separate shifts because we're still doing the social distancing thing. Yeah, so we don't want to take the kids to the right. place, so. You know, 
Awesome. Okay, well, listen, why we're here is because I've got a pack of uh, FLIR 1995-96 basketball cards. I love it. That's, that's right in your uh, alleyway, I believe, isn't it? That's right in there. Anything in the 90s, that's where I was like coming of age, as they say. All right, say. all right. Well, who are you hoping for? Who are you hoping we get today? Oh, I, I want all the big names. I feel like we're going to get a – not big names. We're going to get a bunch of – that was like a good era for tall white guys who yeah. like, couldn't do much but be tall. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a couple of those. But I want the – you know, I want a, I want a Barkley. I want a Jordan. I want a, a David Robinson. Anybody on the Spurs would be awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's see what we've got. This first guy is a good one, actually, because um, this guy was known as a quiet player, sort of a baby-faced baby assassin throughout his career. But in the last dance, which we saw in the summer, he actually had one of his best moments going against Michael Jordan, where he hit, he hit a game-sealing shot in the playoffs and then started talking his trash to Michael Jordan. And uh, not many people get to do that, but he did. Now, Jordan ended up killing him in the series. But this guy, is, <laughs> he broke character, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to guess who it is, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's my guy from the Magic, BJ, when he was on B the Magic. Yeah, BJ Armstrong. He's at, he's, he was on the Bulls in this uh, particular one. But, yeah, I thought yeah. that was a uh, I thought that was a really awesome moment in the last dance when you see BJ Armstrong talking smack in Chicago to Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I w that, that's like a thing, you know, people always ask, what are the, what's a time you wish that Twitter was around for NBA stuff? That yeah. would have been, been a fucking great one. Because... <laughs> Everybody on Twitter, NBA Twitter anyway, we like love to celebrate all of the, you know, the players who come through and just do godly type things. Like that somebody catches fire and like LeBron in this most recent playoff run and in the finals or whatever. That's always fun to do, but it loses its fucking absolute mind when a player on like a tier or two below yeah. does, something, does something great and then like talk shit about it. Like if, <laughs> if we would have got to see this one, it would have been fucking nuts just absolute nuts it, because especially they had already you know the that conversation starts up very quickly it's like oh shit are they gonna lose again yeah Whatever, you, know, you know what i'm saying it would have been fun yeah. I, I like as well that how bj kind of knew that um that was probably the only win he was going to get but he, he he made sure he uh he cashed all his chips hey, you on gotta, one side. you gotta you gotta live <laughs> live in the moment nobody's gonna nobody's gonna talk about the time you hit a game winner and didn't say anything exactly you, yeah you know you gotta you gotta let it fly when you can all right, one for one, good start. Now, this next guy, um, it's interesting. The team he's playing for here is, is the first team he played on, but not a lot of people remember him on this team. He's playing for the Denver Nuggets. He mm -hmm. spent most of his career, or his best years anyway, in Indiana, played for Toronto and Chicago. I think he ended in Phoenix, a left-handed shooter. He's made a very uh, good career in the media since uh, retiring from the NBA. Sometimes has a baseball bat with him when he's on, uh, when he's on TV. A lefty. I lost you there. Oh, you there? For a second. Oh, oh okay. Let me, let me, uh, I don't know how much of that you heard, so yeah. I'll start it again here. Um, this guy, he's playing for the Denver Nuggets on this team, but you don't really remember him on the Nuggets. Most people will remember him on the Indiana Pacers. He also played for the uh, Chicago Bulls, the Raptors, and he ended with the Phoenix Suns. And uh, he's made a very good career in the media since retiring from the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy Jalen, right? Yeah. Jalen? That's him. Yeah. That's him. Where is it? There we go. Denver Nuggets, Jalen Rose. Yeah, I, I didn't even remember that he played on the, on the Nuggets. Like, that was not a thing I had in my, in my head from it. Yeah, I think, I think he played two seasons there, but he was like a rookie. And then, you know, like he uh, just didn't get, much, didn't get much burn out there. And when he went to Indiana, that was when he was, uh, obviously, that was when the best days of his career anyway. So, Oh, yeah, he was awesome in Indiana. I loved him on the, 
uh, with Reggie. Yeah, I don't think he made an all-star game, but he must have been close there around, around the year 2000, 2001 when the paces were pretty good and he was, uh, you know, he was second or third best player on that team anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking cool. I got, to meet right. him one, I got to meet him one time. He was super nice. Nice. All right, this next guy, interesting, this guy, because I'm pretty sure he's the only player to represent this South American country when he played. He played mainly for the Rockets, but he also played for the Spurs. He was, uh, I think he's from uh, Venezuela. I think that's where he was, uh, he was from. Bit of a tough guy, bit of a stocky guy, like a power forward slash small forward. And, uh, yeah, he would have been, he, he would have been uh, a, one of the few Spanish-speaking dudes, I think, in the NBA at the time. And pretty sure no one else has represented Venezuela before. Oof. Um, I don't think I know that guy. Who is that guy? Carl Herrera. Oh, Carl Herrera. God, dog it. <laughs> you remember him on the Spurs? Yeah, I remember him on the Spurs. I don't know why I didn't think of, of Carl Herrera. You know, you, know, you know what it is. I try to block out everybody from those teams. Right. Because everybody just talks shit to me about them. For, you know, right. Houston and San Antonio, we don't like each other. Yeah. So every, every time I, like, start tweeting about the Spurs or whatever, somebody starts sending me tweets from the fucking <laughs> mid-'90s Rockets. <laughs> Listen, if any of y'all Rockets fans are in the chat right now, you, you can't send me fucking gifts <laughs> that, that aren't in HD. Like, that doesn't matter. That's too far, that's too far back. A quarter, a quarter of a century, and you're fucking still talking shit? Get out of here. <laughs> but, so but, I blocked but, out Carl Herrera. I blocked out Vernon Maxwell, Mario Eli. I kept Mario Eli in my head because he won us a title in 1999. Yeah. Clyde yeah. Drexler, fucking Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell's cool. Yeah. Uh, Hakeem, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Dude. it, though. If, if they played for the Rockets, no matter, apart from Mario Eli, if they played for the Spurs, that's it. You can't, you know, they're out of your life. X them out. X them out of here. They're awesome. <laughs> that's like a good, like the, the mid, mid-90s Rockets team. Super cool team for everybody except for San Antonio. And San Antonio, no thanks. What about then that day Akeem Olajuwon did the did the dirty to David Robinson in San Antonio? You don't remember that one? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't watching I wasn't watching TV at the time, so I don't know. I don't know anything that you're saying right now. <laughs> All right. Well, you're definitely going to know this next guy because uh, I've, from what I've seen online, I'm pretty sure this was your first sort of hero in the NBA. This is your first uh, the first guy you liked the most. You, did you get a Reggie in the pack? I got a did Reggie. You get a Miller. Reggie in the pack. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's destiny right there. Of all of the packs, of all of the years, you came through with a Reggie. I don't know if I believe that this really happened, though. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think you might be messing with me here. How did, uh, how, how did that come about? You know, you know, obviously a Spurs fan, but Reggie was the was the first player that you uh, was your first hero, and, and he and he was the he wrote the forward for your book, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That he was like he was the first person I thought of, the first person I like, wanted to ask to do the forward. Kristen Ledlow, thankfully. Thankfully, I hit her up and I was like, hey, I know, like, I see y'all talking. Can you, like, I'm trying to make this happen. Can you do it? And she was just like, it, it'll get done. Give me a minute. And then, like, a couple of days later, I was on the phone with Reggie Miller. It was fucking outrageous. Yeah, he's wow. my favorite. First, first basketball player I ever fell in love with. The one who really made me, like, fall in love with, with the NBA. Uh, you know, everybody has a player like that. The yeah. first one that really got into their into their chest. But with Reggie, what it was is I grew up in San Antonio. I've been going to Spurs games my whole life. Um, you know, uh, I was born in 81. So by like 85, 86, my dad is taking me to the games and I'm watching the Spurs. And the Spurs have 
even that far back had like a very, I don't know what you call it, for their reputation, you know the reputation yeah, the Spurs yeah, yeah. have, they're just like yeah. fucking, like, they're like the military, like who yeah, cares yeah, yeah. for them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so like that was the basketball that I knew, we had our superstar, it was David Robinson, super tall, super fucking handsome and Christian and like very straight down the line, never talk shit or anything. So that was the only type of basketball that I knew because that, that was the only type of basketball I was watching. Right. And then like I saw a game with Reggie, and they would do like on, on Sundays or on the weekends, you get like a game on NBC or whatever. And I saw, I watched a game and Reggie was playing and he just stood out immediately because he, he was running his mouth the whole time. Yeah. Shoving people and talking <laughs> shit. And I just thought he was the coolest guy in the world when I saw yes. him doing that. And then I just, I was like, I'm trying to make sure from that point forward, watching the playoffs because Indiana was usually in there. You get to see him even more. This was before there was like NBA league pass or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So I could only watch the games that showed up on TV. I could only read the stories that showed up, uh, you know, in Sports Illustrated or whatever magazine. I, I could only get pieces of it. Um, and it just sort of built him up more and more in my head. But, yeah, I just thought he was the fucking coolest dude. I was, talking, talking shit is my favorite thing in basketball. <laughs> it's like the number one thing. And he was – I just loved him for it. I loved him. You, uh, it's pretty funny that he's not even the best basketball player in his family either. That's, uh, that's pretty Yeah, cool. that's outrageous. Yeah. That's outrageous. <laughs> like, it's a, he has such an unbelievable story of, like, he had to wear the braces on his legs. Yeah. Like, he's just got, like, this whole fucking aura about him that I just, yeah. I just loved. I just loved – I especially loved that he was never the best player of, like, his generation because he was, he was in the same era with Jordan. But yeah. he was fucking not scared of anybody, of anybody. He was trying to kill every single person who got on the court with him. And that, to me, was cool because there are some players who, like, they play that way. And you can tell, like, Reggie Miller has never missed a shot because he was afraid, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. He's, missed, he's missed a bunch of shots, but never because he was afraid. And I love players like that, especially because I'm the exact opposite. Like, if, I get, if I'm playing a basketball game and it gets close, I start short-arming everything. Don't pass me the ball. Cause I'm not, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it, but Reggie, <laughs> Reggie wants it. So I was always drawn to those players. So that, that incident there, like with Spike Lee, that must be one of your top, like two or three moments in NBA history. Dude, there. I was, I was so fucking fired up. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know who Spike Lee was at the time. I was right. like 15 years old or whatever when it happened. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. All I knew was he was talking to someone in the crowd and the announcers were eating it up. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and then, you know, for him to write that in your book, I mean, that must have just been like just an incredible moment. Like, uh, you know, for your story to get to that point where you're talking to Reggie and then he writes the book. I mean, that's just a it's just a great story. It's really it's really fun to see. It's really cool. And then the book goes on to be a New York Times bestseller as well. Yeah, I was really I was very proud when that happened. But I was especially proud when Reggie decided to do that or agreed to do that. Like, I mean, it's like a childhood hero when you get to talk to this person. And what was really cool was he was like super fucking cool about the whole process. We talked on the right. phone for like over an hour. Wow. And he was just like, you know, happy to talk about anything. The same thing happened with the rap book or with the music book. I mean, the movie book, I get to talk to these people who I just like have looked up to since I was a kid. Yeah. And each time it's turned out they've been super fucking cool. It's great. It's really yeah. cool. Have you ever um, met Reggie or shot around with him anywhere? Like, has that ever happened anytime? No, I've never met any of them in person. Oh, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this next guy, um, he was a San Antonio Spur briefly. Um, and in fact, I think he became the first 
uh, player to hit a thousand threes in the NBA, and he did it when he was a San Antonio Spur. One of the first sharpshooters. Dale remember. Ellis. Dale Ellis. There you Boom. go. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dale. Yeah. I love Dale. Yeah. He again, like like Reggie, he's a three point shooter. Also, I really what I really liked about Dale Ellis was he had a fucking a flat top that yep. I just thought was great. But yeah, he was one of those ones who showed up in San Antonio. And he was perfect for San Antonio. He all he wanted to do was fucking get some shots up, and it felt like he hit everything. And it was just it was just cool because this was back before three pointers were like a thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so to see somebody shoot more than one in a game, you just lost your mind about it. He was he was really really popular in San Antonio. He had one of the best um, all star game weekends ever for a guy who only ever made one yeah. all star weekend. He, he started made most of it. Yeah, he started, scored 27 points for the West. I think he won the three-point shootout, too. It was uh-huh. in 89 in, uh, in uh, Houston, I think, or Miami, maybe. It was in Miami. And that was it. That was the only time he ever made an all-star game, but he cashed in. That's <laughs> He's probably that's got the because, highest average. That's becoming the theme of our episode here is, like, guys who made the most of their moment. Yeah. Like BJ Armstrong, yeah. Carl Herrera, <laughs> Reggie Miller, Dell Ellis. Yeah. We're on it. Yeah. All right, this next guy, interesting guy, because uh, his career started off really hot. Uh, in Milwaukee. He was a big guy. He was like 6'10". And then he moved to Seattle. He got traded to Seattle. He made an all-star game then. But then his career kind of petered out. I think he had a few few issues there with drugs and things like that. But for about three or four years there, really, really good player in the NBA. But uh, injuries and uh, and a few other things caught up with him. And, uh, yeah, mainly you probably think of him as Milwaukee and Seattle. I think at the end of his career he might have been... Is it Vin? Is it Vin? Are we talking about Vin, Vin? Baker? Vin, Vin, Vin Baker. Baker. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Vin. Yeah, he was one of those ones who was like, the you you talk to some kids in school who, again, you can only watch the games that are on TV in San Antonio, and there were not a lot of Bucks games, um, so you maybe saw him like once or twice a season, if that. Yeah. And he he would just fucking kill, and you were convinced <laughs> he's the best player on the planet. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, a couple years later, you realize, oh, maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. But, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, a few, guy, a few guys have that, though, where for, like, three or four years, you know, they're just, uh, you know, they're totally dominant. And then, whether it's injuries or just, you know, wrong team, wrong coach or whatever, then their career just kind of sort of fades away. I mean, Dale Ellis was a little bit like that, too, because he was in Dallas, you know, couldn't get any burn. He goes to Seattle, he averages 27 a game, and then he sort of just bounced around as a bit of a journeyman. But, um, you know, some of those guys, like four or five years, they're just on top of the league, and that's it. And then, you know, then they just move on. And uh, I think Vin Baker was another one of those guys. Yeah, I thought for a second, I thought for a second it was going to be Glenn Robinson. Mm. Um, you remember Glenn? Yeah, yeah. Was, another guy similar to that, you know, like... Yeah. Um, Number one pick in 94, I think he was. And uh, he ended his career in San Antonio, if I remember. I don't know if he played much at the end there, but he was, uh, he was on that roster anyway. Yeah, he came through for a bit. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back with more of Pop and Packs with Shea Serrano right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, this next guy is a good one because uh, there's a chapter, I think, in your Basketball and Other Things book about this guy Uh-oh. who had who had uh, he had a bad moment, a bad, bad Oh, moment. Nick Anderson. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I feel bad for this guy because he was a good player. He was a good shooter, good player. But those free throws, his career never recovered from those. Yeah, dude. It was, <clears throat> excuse me. What was really crazy or really interesting was he was he's one of the few guys who has like talked about how a moment shifted everything for him. Is he? I think he was shooting. <clears throat> excuse me. I think he was shooting like seventy something percent from the free throw line that year, and then he missed some shots, and it plummeted to like forty something percent. And and he talked about it afterwards about how he couldn't get it out of his head, and it's just like it was crazy. Now, if he makes one of those, history probably looks completely different. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rockets probably still win that series, but it could have gone to six, even seven, you know, because uh, that just sucked the life out of them losing that. And, um, yeah, he, oh, man, like, what, what a, just a tragic moment for him. I mean, imagine that happened in the now era of social media. Like, Forget that, about it. Yeah, that would have, um, that would have crushed yeah. him. You know, we used to work with Kenny the Jet Smith at, uh, at Turner there, and I remember talking to the Jet about that game because I think he had seven threes. And uh, he was oh, talking yeah, his yeah. trash. He was talking his trash after that game, saying, "You know, like yeah. oh, I knew he was, I knew he was going to miss. I knew he was going to miss, and I was going to hit those threes as well." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. What? So that that Orlando team, they they were super super young when all that was happening. I think if that was a veteran team, I think they would have. They think we would have caught them a couple years later. It would have been more of a series. But yeah, after they lost that first game like that, because they were up like twenty. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and everything fell apart, and they're just too young to be able to get their feet back under them. It was like yeah. a, like when you see a young fighter in boxing who takes a heavy shot early on, and for the rest of like whatever the rounds are, he just can't get yeah. it together. That's what they looked like. It was like couldn't do nothing yeah. with him. Yeah, that that was. Uh, I just I feel bad for him because when he misses those first two, you think you know what, like not the end of the world. Then he gets the rebound, and then he goes and does it again. You're just like, oh my god, like. My God, I just <laughs> You can always it... see you can always see on their faces they like do the close up when they're shooting but before yeah. and you're like, You don't want any part of this moment. Oh right yeah. 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 He had that he had that look. Uh George Hill had that look when yeah. the Cavs and the Warriors played. Uh, yeah. John Starks had that look. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can see it. You can always yeah. see it. And Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson's talked about that with John Starks before, saying uh, he did not want any part of those free throws. And, uh, you can tell. <laughs> I mean, see, that tell. would be that would be me. I fucking, I'm gonna take me out of the game. I'm a third. I'm a third quarter player, coach. In the fourth quarter, if I can get me out. <laughs> All right, this next guy, uh, he actually did end up playing for the San Antonio Spurs, but uh, his best days, I think, were were in the Lakers in the mid '90s, and I think you would probably like this guy. I think you would. I think you would like watching him because he was fun to watch. He was only a small guy. I know you're Nick Van Exel. I think this Nick, uh, Nick the Quick. There you go. I'm fucking Man, on fire, cool. dude. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He was great. He had, um, I think it was with Spurs. It might have been with the Mavericks. He had 40 off the bench in a playoff game one day. I can't remember yeah. who that was for, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, he he was awesome, man. He, I would love him to be playing in the in the NBA right now as well. I think uh, I think he'd have a game that would adapt because he could hit those threes. He was quick, a lot of scoring. Love to get out there and run. I think he'd be perfect for today's game. Yeah, he would be really great. Nick Van Exel is one of if you're putting like a list together, 
one of the coolest NBA players of all time. I remember he showed up like in a rap video or two. Yeah. He had the little cut out of his eyebrow. He, the fucking Mexicans loved him because he wore the socks that came up to his knees. Yeah. <laughs> we were like convinced he was part of Mexican. Um, <laughs> he, it, it, here's how, here's how likable Nick Van Exel was as a player. He eventually went and he played with Dallas and he played with Dallas uh, during the 2003 season, 2003. Right. So they played the Spurs in the playoffs and he was giving us the fucking business. And normally that's like all that I need to hate a player. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't hate Nick Van Exel. He was just too cool. Just too fucking cool. He was great. Uh, yeah. He, I think you're right. He would do wonderful in today's yeah. NBA. Um. I think uh, that he might have then had that 40 off the bench against the Spurs then. It might, it, might, it might have been for the Mavericks against the Spurs. I'm trying, I can't think of the game, but I remember uh, he was just a bucket when he came, came out there. And uh, yeah. I, I especially love those guys, you know, 5'11", 6 foot, and they can just go out there in traffic and hit those little jump shots. And uh, that's what's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, for, for us guys, for us normal-sized guys, when you see an NBA player up, up close in person, you're like, man, these guys are huge. And then when you see a guy who you're eye level with and you're like, this dude's in the NBA. How come I'm not in the NBA, you know? That's, that's exactly how I felt when I saw J.J. Barrera in person. Uh, J.J. Barrera, excuse me. And I was like, this fucking guy, he looks just like all my cousins. Yeah. Why is he in the NBA? And we're not. And then it turns out, oh, because he's super talented and we are super not. Can you imagine, though, what it must have been like for him when he was playing against his friends in high school and stuff? Like, he must have just been, like, dropping 60 points on those guys without even trying. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, you're doing well. A couple more to go here. Um, Three more to go. This guy has been in the news recently because I think tomorrow, I think he opens um, his own... uh, Sean Kemp. Yeah, Raymond, Sean Kemp. There he is. Excellent. Um, Up in Seattle there, he's opening his own uh, dispensary, which is great news for him and uh, great news for the people of Seattle. This is, an, this is like a super strong pack that we got here. Yeah. This is like an outrageous, this is an all-star pack. Yeah. Um, Sean Kemp is great. One of the all-time great dunks. One of the all-time great post-dunk celebrations. Just fucking outstanding. He, yeah. He's another one who would be great today. As far as disrespectful dunks, I mean, uh, you know, he's up, there. <laughs> he's up there. He's up there. What about what about the other dunk that he has there? I think it's over um, Chris Gatling, is it? Maybe um, or Victor Alexander, where then he then he daps him up after he just That's dunks. That's Chris Gatling, yeah. Yeah, he dunked on him so hard that Chris Gatling was like, "Let me go ahead and give you, let me yeah. check your hand." Because that was great. That's all I you mean, can do in that situation. Like, we saw LeBron dap up Paul George when Paul George smashed one over uh, the Birdman, but that wasn't on LeBron. I mean, it's crazy to be, to be the guy who gets actually dunked on who's like, yeah, man, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love being dunked on like that. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I remember one year the, when the Nets and the Lakers played in the playoffs, and this was when they had Todd McCullough at center. And I, I might be making this up, but I feel like I remember this happening. And he was doing an interview because he was like a funny guy. Yeah, And they were asking him, you know, how do you plan to guard Shaq down low? You know, Shaq is a, is a monster. He's like, at this point, he's the most dominant player in the league, one of the most dominant of all time. Yeah. And he said something like, my, my plan is to just get him in the post, have him back me down, and then dunk on me. And, like, <laughs> when it, when, you know, when a player can just accept it, nobody talks about the Chris Gatling dunk. Yeah. Because afterward, he was like, ah, you got me, good job. Everybody talks about the, the yeah. lifter dunk because, like, he didn't. It's just, what are you going to do? 
So let me ask you this then. Um, if you could choose one, a dunk like, you know, Sean Kemp on on, uh, on Alton Lister or Pippen on Patrick Ewing. I know that's obviously one of the big ones as well. Or hitting like a game, a game, a game winning three pointer in front of the opposition bench in the playoffs. Oh, I want the dunk. I, I, I like hitting a game winning three is cool. We, we get celebrated as a team, but I'm a little too selfish. I want like my own moment that is just on YouTube forever. And I just want to fucking, yeah, the, the, the Pippen dunk, especially the Sean Kemp Alton Lister dunk is like, it's really, really good, but they didn't have a ton of backstory there. Right. With the Piston, with the, you know, the yeah. Ewing Pippen dunk, there was like seven years of just hate boiling. Oh, yeah. that, everybody forgets that was the year Michael Jordan was out of there. So yep. it was like Pippen's team. Uh, they were they were fighting, trying to stay in the playoffs, and he just fucking, yeah. Like I would, I would, I would love to dunk on Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> I would, I would pay like real actual money. I would pay ten thousand dollars cash right now if I could like pay somebody. They give me a pill. I take the pill, and then it gives me one one dunk. I would, I would gladly pay that. Dude, we used to play basketball at this place in uh, San Antonio called Sun Valley Elementary. Which right. was like in the in one of, in the neighborhood where I grew up, and they, it was like you weren't supposed to play there. They had like a fence that was all set up, whatever. But you could just crawl under the fence. Um, they had barbed wire on the top, but you could go underneath it because there was like a, a gap there. And so we would go play there. But because it was an elementary school, all the goals were only eight feet tall. Oh, awesome! So by like seventh or eighth grade, everybody could dunk on them, yeah. and we thought we were fucking <laughs> awesome. It was, was was outrageous. Though. It was like they had full court there but it's outside on the pavement and it wasn't an official full court so it's right. like it was like 200 feet from side from one side to the other right and also the court they were like they were angled <laughs> at each other like but still it didn't matter because we just wanted to dunk we just wanted to dunk you, you know um kevin garnett as well when we used to work with him at turner he was telling a story about how in the summer months some of his friends wanted to play against him so they would do the same thing and lower the hoop so they could dunk on, like, try to dunk on Kevin Garnett, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, because he's their buddy. Yeah, and Kevin, yeah, yeah. Garnett, Kevin Garnett loved playing those games because his buddies were all like, oh, man, they, they think they're in the NBA because <laughs> they're playing against me. And they're getting some dunks off as well, which is, which is awesome. When uh, I got to go, I was at the TNT Studios when, when we did that show together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, like, asked me to stay the next night to do some other stuff. But I was sitting around waiting in the lounge area just trying to not be starstruck by like all of the players who are yeah, yeah. having him walking through. And I was sitting there minding my business and Kevin Garnett came, but you could hear him both like six rooms down before he was <laughs> even in the hallway. And I was like, Oh shit. That was, it was, it was so exciting to see Kevin Garnett. I was like, but I was incredibly pumped. He, he never ever stopped talking ever. And yeah. Like you're saying there, sometimes I'd walk past like his uh, his makeup room or whatever, and there's no one in there, and he's just still talking. Like, you know? it's, like, it's like who are you talking to, Kev? You know, and, uh, and he was great. A bit, uh, yeah, he, he was one of those guys that I thought he was actually. I wish that Kevin Garnett off camera was the guy that they could put on camera because on camera I felt he was a little bit sort of uh, restrained. He was trying to sort of be within himself, you're trying to hold it in. Yeah. Yeah. But when the when the camera wasn't rolling, he had some of the best stuff in the studio there because it was just he was just like this is this is me, man. This is me, and uh, yeah. that was awesome. Give him a show on HBO and just let him go nuts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well this next one is Tim Duncan. 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting because uh, we kind of have talked about this guy um, and, and he's the one guy that you give a pass to that even though he was a Houston Rocket, he played for the San Antonio Spurs. Mario! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There he is. That's my guy. Yeah. That's my guy right there. No, he really – like, I'm not playing around when I say he won us a championship because early in the season, the, the team was playing – they were playing terrible and we had Mario – and we had never had a guy that I could remember do this, but he was like in the news talking shit about the Spurs. Like, what are we doing? We're right. not tough enough. We're not this. We're not that. We're the, we're, we should be the best team in the league, and we're not. And then after he did that, they fucking took off. Dude, there's a – if you watch this – this is like how much of a basketball nerd that I am about all this stuff. But if you watch the 1999 uh, – is on VHS and then later moved to, to DVD, the Spurs championship – thing that they put out whenever a team wins a title. And if you watch it, they, like, talk about this exact thing. But they show a clip of Mario Ellie dunking, like, coming through the baseline, and he dunks. And it's, like, a, a not quite slow motion clip, but slow enough. And just all down his back and shoulders, his muscles. And it just looks so – I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, oh, fuck, this guy must be the strongest guy. And the yeah, yeah. just ripped because he was hanging off of the rim. That's great. <laughs> Mario Ellie's awesome. He's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I've been trying to get him to come on this, but uh, I haven't heard back from him yet. But hopefully I'll get him on there soon because uh, I think he's got some great stories to tell because, you know, being a role player on those teams and, and like what you're saying now, you know, like he, he's, he's around those teams. He's not afraid to say, speak his mind and clutch. He always delivered in the, in the big moments there. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the, the oh, kiss of death. That's what I mean. Like you think about hitting that three-pointer in the game seven on the road and then you in just front of that the bench. The... In front yeah. of the bench. Oh, yeah, that was... Just that like was... you were saying. Oh. Yeah, I, th I think that was part of the reason when he talked shit that everybody listened to him because yeah. he had already been through it. He'd been through the wars, yeah. and we didn't have anybody like that who had. So he starts talking, and this is like, oh, David Robinson's got to listen to Mario Ellie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Next, uh, next one here. This guy, um, he's got one of the coolest blocks of all time. Rafonso Ellis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I already know the way you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who is it? Who is it who goes up? I can't even remember who that is who goes up and tries to block him. Oh, who, who tries to dunk on him. I think I think it was, was it Robert Pack? Was it Robert Pack? Was it? Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, he, he just catches it, rolls it in his arm, and then he just sort of stays in bounds. And it's like, man, what an awesome block that is. Like, uh, that, that's one that just still holds up. Holds the test of time. Yeah, he was, he was, I saw that one, like, they would show the basketball highlights in the morning before the bus would come. And so I was watching it. And that, I, like, that's how I saw it. I didn't see it when the game happened. I just saw it the next day. And yeah, I remember he, he just stops him midair and then holds it like behind his back and yeah. looks forward. And you're like, motherfucker, <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> I, don't I mean, remember, uh, I don't remember who it was, who the block was on though. It was either on Robert Pack or Robert Pack had a similar kind of block. But. Yeah, well, they they were probably teammates um, as well. Oh Denver. yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm, I, I don't know if it was Isaiah Ryder, maybe Isaiah Ryder sort of is popping into my head for some reason. Maybe someone in the in the chat knows who it was. Yeah, but, someone, uh, someone looked it, that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that was awesome. You uh, you pretty much cleaned the deck then. I, uh, you know, I don't think there was anyone you really missed out. Only only Carl Herrera really, but you got him in the end anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got there. 
when I did the thing, the the other thing with Skeets, yeah, on the that podcast, was awesome. I was like the reigning champ. I'm trying to yeah. say <laughs> the, the no dunks champ. Can... Well, you'll be pleased to know then that uh, of some of the other guests I've had on here, there's a bit of trash being talked between uh, Nate Jones and uh, John Schumann, Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani was incredible on this. We he he said to me afterwards, he goes, hey, "Have you got another pack?" We ended up doing two packs at the nice. time because Ariel was just talking about it. So. Um, I might try to form together some sort of like a Sweet Sixteen tournament and have some sort of battle, and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you can represent the uh, you can represent the uh, Midwest division there. All right, I'm I'm in, I'm in. Just no, no. Uh, as long as we don't get like a Rockets heavy pack, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shay. Thanks so much for your time, man. This was really good fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed it too, and uh, all the best. Good luck with everything. Uh, we I know you've got another book you're working on. You want to give that a quick pimp right now? Uh, oh, it's called Rap and Other Things, but it won't be out for a year, so don't worry about it. Okay, well, yeah. anyone who's familiar <laughs> with your work, I'm sure will be looking forward to it, and, uh, and this has been great. So thanks again for your time. All right, dude, later. Thanks, man. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.